God has really been good to us. Don't forget to pray for your brothers and sisters that is going through. Some are in the hospital. Family members, make sure we lift them up in prayer. You know, this is a day that I hear people say, and this it's getting to be a day that it used to be Mother's Day. But really it should be Women's Day. Because so many women has been mothers to so many different people. When, when, when I reflect back on my life, I look at all of the women that was in my life. And when I think about the goodness that they bestowed upon me, I thank them for being the way I am because they're the ones that shape me the way I am. And one of the things that they are good at, they made sure that they said, be something, do something. And I always appreciate it. But I'm going to give tribute to my mother right now. All right. And I was reflecting when my beautiful wife wasn't bothering me. <laughs> of what my mother instilled. And the biggest thing that I just want to say thank her for is the time she would willingly spend. I, I was with her when she was going to go to college and become a teacher and then later on become a assistant principal and working on her doctorate. And, but I remember always she would, because I was the one that would stay up at night. So I would come up and she would put her books away. And the thing I always remember, I wish you people would learn this younger than me. I embrace just talking to her. She would always, late at night, when everybody was at bed, her and I would sit and she would just talk. I learned so much about life at that kitchen table when everybody else was asleep. And she taught me so much. Even today, when most of my life is pretty good, even today when Miss Paul starts to get on my nerves, I'll go home and sit at the kitchen table and still want to hear the voice of my mother. Because of the, see, that's, 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 what, that's what love and that's what people do when they're willing to pour stuff into you. And even though you may not understand the thing, most of the time, they bring it out in your life. Throughout the ups and downs, the kitchen table was my strength to make me get back up and overcome. We didn't have the cell phones, the video games, all we had was conversation. And mother, I love you, and I thank you for your wisdom and insight into my life. I want to talk to us about the windows of motherhood. And in the Bible, it's uh, something that you probably well, first of all, I doubt if you didn't even read the book. <laughs> but then if you did, I'm quite sure you missed this. And I thought it was very 
intriguing that this would be in the Bible. Because in the book of Judges, Israel had started to drift away from God. And the reason why Israel was drifting away from God is because God had given them the promised land. All right. And like everybody in life, you so busy trying to get comfortable that you don't even realize that you drift from God. All right. Israel right now is in a state that they had drifted from God because God had fulfilled his promise by putting them in the promised land. Then the Bible tells us that in Judges, in the beginning of Judges, after Joshua had declared that me and my house will serve the Lord, right after that, the Israelites started to start to do their own thing. I think I sound like some Christians today. You forgot you came out of obscurity, and once you got there, you started to do your own thing. Now, then when you follow Judges and you get to the fourth chapter, and then a woman rises up. All right, all right. Uh -oh. And her name is Deborah. Yes. Yes. Now, we get into theological debates about Deborah. Was she a preacher and was she this? And, well, if nothing else, she at least be the president. Because right. <laughs> she was the leader of Israel. But in the midst of the goodness of Deborah, there sits something that is very curious. And the thing that we don't like to do today is tell you about folk that wasn't good. See, you read the Bible, but you don't want to read about the pastor, because that might remind you of you. So you want to read about stuff that maybe you ain't going to get there because you may not reach the prophet status. But in this, is, it's very curious that in verse 28 of chapter 5, that the Bible puts in a mother. A mother that is getting ready to go through something. It says in verse 28, actually I should put you in verse 24, but uh, you can read that because you just know it's there because I'll be referring back to that. But notice what it says. It says, out the window, yeah. she looked and lamented. Yeah. Uh -huh. The mother of Cicero, through the latest, watch this, why does his chariot delay in coming? Why does the hoof Beats of his chariot, tarries. She's asking a question. When is my son coming home? But right above it tells you that her son is not coming home. You may be seated. We don't look through the windows of motherhood, good and bad. The problem today on this day, we only want to highlight good mothers. But the problem is there's a whole bunch of bad mothers. Yeah. I'm going to start with a story that was written in the paper a few years ago, well, a long time ago. It said that a mother sent a letter to her son and she said this when she wrote the letter to her son. Your father mine, she told him, go to sleep this evening deeply grateful that our hopes and our dreams, our ambitions for you have been ab abundantly fulfilled. You have been more to us than you have done and you have done more for the Lord than we can ever pray for. Her son was Dr. E.A. Mullins, the president for many years of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. And that letter was discovered in the effects of his death. But another mother claimed the body of her son 
Swain doing a attempt, prison break attempt. And her remarks was, he was, he was a troublemaker from the beginning. These words was in the paper. But it also depicts the attitudes and the actions and the prayers of the mothers. Why did one have success and the other have failure? Why do children, some go the right way and some go the wrong way? Why is it that when we look at mothers and their influence in life, that the children must understand that she has to be part of that foundation of what's going to shape him? See, today, and not just today, but also in our story today, the mother can become very self-centered. She never grows into a mature woman. But she doesn't have children, and based on her own selfish desires, she used them as tools for something else. Sometimes the mother brings unworthiness to the child by the way it's reared and the way the ambitions that she projects on the child starts to lead the child in an unworthy manner. Right. See, the scriptures is teaching us that there's all types of women in the Bible. Let's talk about these little good ones that we like to read about. Right. See, you talk about the meekness of Mary or the faith of Hannah. And you remember the queenness of Chef Sarah. See, but there's others in the Bible that evil was taught. There's some that wickedness on their children was produced. There, there are some mothers in there that the hopes of richness and power and popularity dominated the child. That's why the Bible said in Jeremiah, and Jeremiah said to Israel and the children and the mothers of God's people, he said the daughters of my people has become cruel. Like the ostrich in the wilderness in Lamentations 4 and 3. To neglect children does the ostrich. When an ostrich bird is born, the mother neglects it and it has to grow up on its own, leaving it damaged. And I think we leave a lot of our children today damaged from the scars of life. Cicero's mother is pictured here in Joshua and Judges. Why is this woman in here? Why does the Bible not tell us about the goodness of people? Why doesn't the Bible keep us with the hope and the glory? What the Bible really teaches us is there's all types of people and you need to know that they need to be in there and there's good and bad. And the Bible not only talks about the goodness that you succeed, but it also should show you badness to deter you from what you do. Here, Caesarea Mother is waiting for her son to return from battle. She thinks he's going to be victorious and overcome Israel. But the story is that when his army invaded, Deborah and Barak routed and killed that army. He stopped to rest as he was escaping the battlefield. And he stopped and rests, and these in the verses above verse 28. He stops and rests in an Israelite woman's tent, and she realizes that that was the enemy. So she kills him that night, and yet his mother is waiting for him to return. But he's not coming back. And she continues to wait, hoping that he will bring back the spoils of the victory, hoping that he would be back, being able to raise her life to a new status. But yet still, her son didn't return back safely. 
Oh, this don't sound like no good Mother's Day sermon, Pastor. But I'm talking about real women doing real things with the real hope and real desire. Because not only is she one, the Bible brings out another. When Abraham, Lot's, mother, the Lot's nephew of Abraham, he was found in the presence and the prosperity of Sodom. And God warned and finally decided to destroy the city. And then he told them to raise and go in haste. Lot and his wife was ready to leave the sins of iniquity. But he, she lingered and she did on their way out. How many times have that, this happened? When you're trying to get out of that sinful state that you're in. When you're trying to get out of the situation that you're in. When you're trying to set yourself free. Because God done said, get up and get out of there. Because I'm coming with a hand of destruction. And the people around you put their hands on you and tell you, oh God. That's what happened a lot in his wife. The man grabbed his wife and grabbed his daughters in Genesis 19 and said, don't flee the city. But they knew that God said, get on out of there. And after all of the years of in the consistency of a sinful and iniquity world that the wife and the daughter was having to go through. And see, when you live a life of inconsistency, it's going to reflect on your children. See, the greatest thing about it is the children emulate, but you don't think they emulate. You stick them in front of the TV, and when they start acting like the stuff you stick them in, you're wondering what happened to your child. See, with what associated, you got to understand what affects the child is the church, the community, and the schools that you send them to. And unfortunately, if they don't have the wisdom and the love of the mother to sit at a kitchen table and let that wisdom dominate the wisdom of the world, they don't go astray. See, parents are responsible for your environment that you put your children in. I'm not talking about palaces or kingdoms. I'm talking about an environment that affects their lives. See, every day I wake up, start tomorrow, and deal with folk that I know that even though I can have an impact in their life for a few hours, I know overall that's not going to last because they're going back to an environment that dominates your head Children needs the mothers, and they don't have to be the birth mothers. They just need mothers to emulate and give them character. J. Edgar Hoover wrote this 50 years ago, over 50 years ago. He said, the American parent can strike an effective blow in juvenile delinquency by taking their children to Sunday school and the church records. Whoever the child chooses, whatever the child is exposed to, and when you let the child start to make its own decisions on what it's going to trust, then you are opening the child up for the destruction of the world that's going to allow it to go a different way. When we look at Caesarea's mother, she's no different than any other mother. Now you can get a good Mother's Day message out of this. This woman may have done wrong, but she was no different than any other mother. When that child was born, he, she had an inspiration for what she did and what she wanted. When she looked in the windows and she looked at her child at the time it was born, she had aspiration for that child to be something. Sometimes when you're born in the wrong stuff, the aspirations to be great or to be good, corruption come in. But at the time that child was born, she had a radiated heart. 
She had hope for that child. And she was picturing someday that that child would have influence in society. That child would have to grow up and have influence in the community. That child would be a future generation. That's why when I preached last Sunday, what's sitting on your knee, Grandma and Grandpa, if you speak life, it will help change the world and the community that you have been in. The Christian mother realizes. The Christian mother realizes. Let me repeat this one more time. The Christian mother realizes. See, I don't know about you, but I thank God for the women that was in my life. Because the thing I can honestly say when I reflect back on all the women in my life, the one thing that they gave me and made sure that I had, I could have been the biggest bum on the street. And before I got to bum status, when I was still alive, they made sure that I knew Jesus in my life. A Christian mother, two, three years old, go inject Jesus into their life. She's not telling them what he's going to be. She's just going to make sure that Jesus is the foundation of what they need. So I guarantee you, there's nothing wrong with Cesarea's mother due to aspiration. She had a newborn babe sitting in her arm and the hope that she had was that he was going to be something. Now, most of us, I grew up with, I don't care how bad it gets, become something. I grew up with, however you fall down, get your behind back up and do something. I remember there was times in my life when I would fall and I would look at my mother and I was hoping she'd help me up. But she knew the best thing to do was make you get yourself up. See, we so busy trying to help folk up that they just got crippled and they can't get up on their own. And every time you fall down, you running to help them up. But sooner or later, you ain't gonna be around to help them up. And then what they gonna be able to do? Cause you crippled in what they need to learn how to do. Oh, I got a story for you. Do you remember when Jesus and the disciples was on a mountain and the people was listening to the word of God and they was all enthused? Then when night came, they realized that they had to let the people go and they had nowhere to go. And Andrew said that the people need to be fed. And Jesus said, well, let's see what's going on. And Andrew said, well, there's a lad with five loaves of bread and two fish. But that ain't enough to do what you need to do. Jesus took the lunch of a mother that had carefully that boy's lunch, put five, two five loaves of bread and two fish and was sitting on a journey. It was the mother's love and the mother's care that the boy had enough food to do what he needed to do. Jesus looked at the loaves of bread and he looked at the two fish and he looked at the lad and he said, this is more than enough that I need. Oh, there's a moral to this. See, when you understand that if the mother takes care of the physical and the mental and the spiritual need, God can take that land and he can use it to do what he needs to do. I think that you just do what you're supposed to do. That little boy that's got five loaves and two fish, when you don't think it means nothing, Take care of them. 
they may become a scientist. When you take care of them, they may become a preacher or a teacher. But know this, that they have to be taken care of because every child born was a little boy or a little girl. And when we teach them the way God wants us to teach them, then he can use them for what he wants them to do. Sisera's mother had aspirations. But you got to also understand that sometimes evil shows up. The reason why we got drug pushers, murderers, greedy people is because evil shows up. See, when you don't have Jesus in your life, evil shows up. When you don't have Jesus in your life, evil shows up. The problem with us today that we don't want to bring them to God's house because we think our house is God's house. But I noticed that in your house, that evil keeps showing up. But when we understand when God is in control, then the mother will start to use that aspiration of the greatness that she has with that child as she starts to dedicate it back to God. When you do a very baby dedication, you dedicate it back to God. But you've got to be aware that even though you are trying to do the right thing, evil is going to show up. And it's going to take the love right. of God to help us get through. That's why God gets the glory. And I hope I'm still, I see all these young babies and we got great aspiration for them. Amen. But are you nurturing it? All right now. Are you protecting it? Yeah. Are you willing to let it become what God wants it to become? Not only did she have aspiration, she had anticipation. How many done looked through the windows of life and see the dreams that you have for your children. I don't know if I'm my mother's dream, but I know I'm a lot of folks' dream <laughs> because everywhere I used to go, they used to, my grandmother and them used to pray that they become a preacher in the family. Where one side is full of preachers, the other side was full of education. But I think I'm a combination of the two. And I think the dreams of the people set in my life, that one thing I love to hear, I don't know about you, but this is the reverence that still should exist. I got doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs in my family. I got folk that is somebody in the world. I got folk that, that, that when you look at them, and they driving Benz, it's BMW, brand new Cadillacs, Corvette. And when you talk about them, they, they sit in Houston, Dallas, Louisiana, they somebody. But one thing that makes me feel good, I ain't nobody. But when I go home, they will say, you are an inspiration that God had our grandmother pray for. Because you are a preacher of God's family. Because this is what we do. Jesus was tired and wanted to go and rest. But all of a sudden, a herd of children came running after him. And the disciples kept trying to shoo him away. Well, this is what's the downfall 
of our lives today. The bishops and the prelates and the potentates and the cardinals and somebody with position and title. They'll tell them to run them away. But Jesus said, no, you let the children come. Sir, you tired. He said, you let the children come. And he grabbed the children. And he started to hold them. And he nurtured them. And I know what he was doing. He was touching and praying. 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 He was engulfing so that evil won't control the child. And he was praying blessings over them. And he was telling them. He was just he They didn't even hear it. But I can tell by just touching and praying. Touching and praying. Grabbing and holding. The love of God was touching their children. And I guarantee you, each one that he touched end up being healed and whole. Amen. I don't care what background they came from. Amen. I don't care what they had. I don't care what, what social, economical, and political thing they embarrassed. Once he touched them and told them and they started to pray, I guarantee you their lives was changed. And I'm telling the parents today, you need to let Jesus touch them as soon as he can get his hands on it. Because We'll be able to have a better life. Henry Grady was a masterful lecturer in the 1800s. He would speak and his words did more healing of the North and the South after the Civil War. But one day after he gave a speech, he was suffering from pneumonia. And he wasn't feeling well. And he ran home because he realized he was dying. He went to his mother. And he put, he told his mother, let's have devotion like we used to. He put his head on his mother's knee and he bowed his head down. And they said that simple childhood prayer. Now lay me down to sleep. I pray my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. A few hours later, he died. And he went on and met Jesus. But he left what his mother had already laid in his heart. And he ran back to the foundation of what he needed in his Christian faith. See, mothers, we got anticipation. But lay down a foundation, it doesn't matter how old they are. That they're going to run back to the roots of what they have. And know that God is with them. Another thing about the window that this woman was looking at. And all mothers and parents know this one. Anxiety hits your life. Because when you got children, they're going to bring anxiety into your life. Because anxiety is when that child starts to do what it wants to do. And you sit up at night wondering, is it going to make it home? You sit up at night, is there going to be a phone call? You sit up at night, is somebody going to come knocking on the door? You sit up at night hoping and praying that it comes. I remember sometime when I would come home. Now, I wasn't much of a drinker or getting in trouble, but I could see in the look in my mother's eyes, thank Jesus that you done made it back home. See, sometimes, mothers, when we look at God and we look at life and anxiety hit us, some of us get on our knees and pray, Jesus, protect my child while it's out there. But no matter what, how many of us got tears that, that roll down on our pillows wondering what's going on with our child? How many of us have sat there and screamed out in disappointment and tell God to take care of my child? How many of us know that we have spent many a night hoping and praying that the door opened up and they showed back up where Cicero's mother was sitting there praying and hoping and anxiety was in her life, but he didn't come back home. But that's why Proverbs 22 and 6 said, train up a child 
and a way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. See, let me say this, and I want you to hear this. Quit trying to box your child in. The best thing you can ever do for your child is lay down the bricks of foundation. Quit trying to build around a wall around your child when you put the right foundation down. You don't have to wall it up. You don't have to board it up. You don't have to protect it. Because the foundation is in that child's heart. But mothers and parents, we got to have that window of insurance when we look out. Every day, they're being bombarded with new philosophies, new teachings. They leave your home, no matter how good the home was. And they enter into the halls of life, whether educationally, business, or whatever. And it starts to peck away at what you have laid down. And you wonder when he comes back home every now and then, and you look at him and you say, is this mine? What in the world doesn't happen to mine? <laughs> See, when we sit in those classrooms, like one story said, the professor said, he tore up all the doctrines of God. And in his teachings, he was determined to prove there was no God. But one little boy, one man said, you know what, professor? You almost convinced me, but that was no God. Now you done ripped up the pages of the Bible and you tore up the foundations of my theology. But then when I got to walking home and thinking, I started to look at my mother's face and I saw her faith and what she had. She lived a consecrated life. So I had to come to the conclusion that you almost persuaded me that there was no God. Right. But when I looked at my mother and remember what she done been through, I have to regret and say thank you for your scenario of what you was trying to do. But I'm glad that I can hold on to what I done seen my mother and what she done been through. That's why we can say whatsoever we ask, we shall receive. But if we keep his commandments and those things that is going to be pleasing in his sight. He quoted 1 John 3 and 22. Oh, I'm bombarded by the world. I'm bombarded by the new thinking. I'm bombarded by the new philosophy. But I know once I look in my mama's face, and I want to say this to the women today of the whole. I'm so glad that you were strong enough. I'm so glad that you were blessed enough. I'm so glad that you cared enough. That you raised us up to a new status. You went to school when they didn't let you go to school. You did 